It's the rant. My name is Jeff Ratcliffe, and it is Tuesday, November 2nd. Waivers coming at you on the show today. Also have some players who we can drop, some players we're holding, some defenses we're holding, and some defenses we're streaming this week on the show. And I'm going to dive right in at the top of the list. And this is uh, Waiver Wire Rankings. I like to rank things out to keep it easy for you. Also give you fab recommendations if your league isn't doing fab put it on the docket for 2022 it's high time you switched over it's the fairest way to do everything for waivers anyway when doing the research for this article I look for players who are rostered in under 70% of leagues I use ESPN and Yahoo as my measuring sticks since those are the two most widely used platforms you may not be on those platforms but they're a good indicator of where the industry is So, in doing my research, I noticed that one player who is coming off of a breakout week was rostered in about 65% of leagues. His name is Michael Carter. That was really surprising to me. Well, I I mean, I guess maybe not. Because people have been wanting to find reasons to drop Michael Carter all along. So, if he is out there, and he probably isn't, but it's worth checking anyway... And if you play high stakes, I get it. I know he's not out there in your high stakes leagues. But in your home leagues, your casual leagues, because we have listeners of all types for this podcast, I am spending 50% or more of my fab on Michael Carter at this point. You know, I, at FTNFantasy.com, we have a Discord chat. We can talk to each other on there. In fact, I do every day, basically, with all of the uh, users in my thread over there, my own personal thread. And at one point, I think it was like week two or week three, I had to do like a note to everybody. And I said, do not drop Michael Carter. (laughs) Like, seriously, guys. And this is why. I am not a, uh, a fortune teller. I'm not Jeff Stradamus. I am not anybody even special. This was not hard to figure out. Running backs in the second half of their rookie season, if they are good players like Michael Carter, tend to perform well. So we're going all in there. Uh, So notice that was not Adrian Peterson, but I do have him at number two on the list. I'm only going 15% on him. Peterson will get a bulk of the carries. Peterson can give you 15 to 20 carries per game, but what is he going to do it at? Is he going to do it at like three yards a carry? Sure. He'll probably score four or five touchdowns before uh, Derrick Henry is back. And by the way, the timetable is six to ten weeks, but it is, it's really eight to ten weeks. Eight weeks puts him back in week 16 if we're lucky. That is the fantasy semifinals, and you may already be eliminated at that point. If you could trade Derrick Henry for anything, a, a, a little packet of magic beans, I would do so. If not, you may even have to move on from him. But I'm not all in on Adrian Peterson. However, beggars can't be choosers, and you might need some help. Taysom Hill, 15%. I was tempted to go higher. Here's the problem. Taysom Hill has been in concussion protocol for a month. That's not normal. This was a bad concussion. So he's not guaranteed to be on the field. So just know if you're spending, you may not have Taysom Hill this week. I fully expect him to be a QB2 plus coming into this line. He's not going to throw... A lot, but Jameis really wasn't throwing a lot either, and he adds that ability as a runner with all the rushing touchdown upside. So Taysom Hill there at 15%. Boston Scott, 12%. Why am I not higher? Well, Miles Sanders will be back here shortly. 
Uh, and that will move Scott back into basically handcuff territory. I still think Kenny Gainwell is going to be fine. I still think people are overreacting to a terrible game script for Kenny Gainwell. But at the same time, Boston Scott will get some of that short yardage work. I don't know if Jordan Howard will be part of the roster this week. I've not seen him being called up. I'll talk about him in a little bit, but I haven't seen him called up from the practice squad. Remember, they can call him up twice. Kadarius Tony, 12%. Sterling Shepard just can't stay healthy. Banged up again last night. Tony was quiet until that point. It wasn't a huge game for Tony anyway, but still the upside is there. Uh, Devontae Parker, 10%. Thought he looked pretty good this past week. Double-digit targets. Tua is riffing with him, which is the important thing. He wasn't riffing with him in the past, so we'll go in 10% on him. 7% on Jamison Crowder. I don't love Jamison Crowder, but at the same time, Beggars can't be choosers. I guess that's like the theme of this week when you have all of the attrition across the NFL. This is kind of where we are. Solid player, not a massive ceiling, uh, but will benefit as long as Mike White, the dink and dunk artist, is in there. He's going to benefit from that. Uh, so, you know, wide receiver three production, I think, is very doable. Rashad Bateman, 5%. Why am I not higher on him? Because he's widely available, by the way. People did that thing. They sorted by projected points, and guys who were on by do not show up. So he's still widely available. I'm just not overly bullish because you have, obviously, Hollywood Brown. You have, obviously, Mark Andrews. And you may even have Sammy Watkins back in the mix in a predominantly run-heavy offense. They're throwing a little bit more than they have in the past, but... Under Lamar, that is, but still, only 5%. 5% on Elijah Moore trending up. This is when these rookies really start to take hold. And look, a bunch of young kids up at the top of the list here. That's the third rookie wide out, fourth rookie overall in the top nine this week. At 10, Jeremy McNichols. I'm going 5% on McNichols. I'm not going overboard here. He is the passing down back and... The Peterson signing, which we know Peterson is not going to do anything in the passing game, right? Remember that back in the day, every year it was like, Adrian Peterson is working on his pass catching. Yeah, it never improved. Um, So McNichols is going to serve that role. His job doesn't really change. The one reason why his value may slightly increase, and this is probably more for deeper leagues anyway, is simply the fact that they're going to have to throw more without Derrick Henry. That's it. Ty Johnson, 5%, and defenses know that, by the way. Ty Johnson, 5%. He's trending up as well. It is decidedly Michael Carter's backfield, but Johnson has a role in that backfield. Justin Fields, 5%. Oh, baby. I'm taking a shot on the upside. I've continued to stash him. I did, you know, I, I did think that last week was the point where we were going to have to move on from him. If you didn't, and especially if you're in two quarterback leagues, you're in a good spot. But if you didn't, you're 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 cool. If you don't have a top 10 quarterback, why not toss him on the bench just for the upside? All right, going to take a quick break. When we come back, the top tight end on the board trending up. That's right after the break. Tight end is annoying in fantasy football, but Dan Arnold's showing some signs of life. I'm going to go 5% on him. He hasn't been the most consistent, but that is the position. That's the position. So why not get a guy who can see some volume? Darnell Mooney, 5%, actually led the team in targets this past week. And again, if this is a sign of Justin Fields coming to life, honestly, I thought seeing him running made he look more comfortable, get the kid in a spot where he's comfortable, then he's going to make some throws. So we'll go 5% on Mooney, 5% on Brandon Ayuk. 
you know, these guys, sometimes they round into form a little bit later in the season. Let's hope that's the case here for Ayuk. Uh, nothing really over the first half of the year, but looked like he, you know, was getting a little bit more involved last week. Targets ticking up. Uh, looked a little bit more comfortable there, too. Latavius Murray, 5%. People sorted by projected points, so Murray's out there. He's still the lead back. That backfield's a mess, but you might be in a pickle, uh, and Murray is widely available. Tajay Sharp, 5%. We don't know when Calvin Ridley is going to be back with the team, and we wish him, obviously, I wish him the best in, in what he's going through right now, but Tajay Sharp, could be the lead receiver, lead wide receiver. I don't think that it would end up being Russell Gage. Russell Gage, his role doesn't really change. Tajay Sharp knows the offense. He uh, obviously played under Arthur Smith in Tennessee. So 5%, why not? Um, moving on, Randall Cobb, 5%. He's not going to catch two touchdowns every week, but he is involved, and especially down in the red zone. Pat Fryermuth, 4%. One of the prettier touchdowns you're going to see from a tight end, touchdown receptions. His role is trending up, so we'll go four on him. Evan Ingram, 4%. Yes, he got in the end zone. The numbers weren't great for fantasy purposes, but is he traded? We're approaching the trade deadline. That, of course, is today uh, at 4 p.m. Eastern. So if he isn't traded you and you're listening to this after the fact, uh, he's a streamer. If he is traded, you may want to go a little bit higher on the value if it's to the right spot. I'm recording this in the morning uh, but um, yeah, if he is traded, we'll see. Anyway, uh, moving on, Marquez Valdez, Scantling, 4%. He should be activated this week. He's still going to be down in the pecking order. Alan Lazard is off of the COVID list, but Devontae Adams isn't yet, so there could be a larger role this week. Jamal Agnew, speaking of a larger role, he's leading that team in targets over the last couple weeks. What the heck? Anyway, 4%. Uh, Jeff Wilson, 3%, could start practicing. It's expected to practice. He's expected to start practicing this week. That does not mean he'll be activated this week. Let's be clear about that. When he starts practicing, they have 21 days to, to activate him. If not, he's on season ending. Now, that could still happen. So we're not out of the woods with Wilson, and there's no guarantee he takes over when he comes back anyway. Carson Wentz, 3%, trending up. Uh, let's see, he has, uh, what, eight, 11 touchdown passes over his last five games. That's pretty solid right there. Carson Wentz has some value here, even in one quarterback leagues if you don't have a top 10 guy. Terod Taylor will be back in practice and could be could be under center for the team this week, 3%. Could be traded today as well. Logan Thomas, 3%. Uh, don't think he plays this week, but could be back next week. Alexander Madison, why is this guy out in like 70% of leagues? 3%. Carlos Hyde, 3%. James Robinson should be good, but just in case, he is the cuff in that backfield. And again, beggars can't be choosers. 3% on Jarrett Patterson. We're going to hold him through the bye week here, and we'll see what happens with Antonio Gibson. My anticipation is people are over-exaggerating here, and they're going to continue to use Antonio Gibson. But we'll see there, and it doesn't hurt to have a little bit of insurance. Mark Ingram, 3%. Speaking of insurance, he's the cuff now in the New Orleans backfield, and that's a valuable handcuff. I don't love Mark Ingram, but hey, if Alvin Kamara went down, Ingram's going to touch the ball a ton. Jordan Howard, 1%. Why only 1%? Because he's technically not on the 53-man roster. I have not seen him being signed yet. So this could have been a one-off, and I really do think it was a one-off, but just in case in those deeper leagues. Makai Sargent. Also still in the practice squad for Tennessee, as I as far as I know, but a bigger-bodied back who, if he got called up to the active roster, 
And Peterson got hurt. They may not be in a position where they could sign anybody else. So we'll go 1% in deeper leagues. Derek Gore, 1%. Obviously, now we know who he is after last night. And this, by the way, I, 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 I hate to say it this way, but I'm kind of glad this performance took place because there was a point in time where people were asking me, uh, do you think that when Clyde Edwards-Alaire comes back, Daryl Williams will be the lead back? It's like, no. And it was like an overreaction to one game. But no, definitely not. Now, Derek Gore, I, I do think Edwards-Alaire will be back soon, but Derek Gore has at least some value, as he showed last night. Marlon Mack, just in case he's traded, 1%. By the way, if you're listening to this this evening and Marlon Mack was not traded, because I don't know the future. I wish I did. Uh, then you can disregard it, and we're not adding Marlon Mack. But uh, if he was traded to a good spot, he's not going to be traded to Tennessee, or at least I highly doubt it, especially after the Peterson signing. But if he was traded to a good spot, you could probably go up as high as like 4 or 5%, but just remember that there's some acclimation as well. It's not like he'll just be immediately inserted and boom, we're off to the races. A uh, bunch of quarterbacks. Mike White, 1%. Most of his yards came after the catch. Be careful with Mike White. P.J. Walker, 1%. This is uh, if Sam Darnold can't play uh, ad. Uh, Trevor Simeon, 1%. This is a, if a Taysom Hill can't play ad. Colt McCoy, 1%. Well, Kyler Murray is a little dinged up, and so this is another one of a uh, little bit of cover our, our rear ends, if you know what I'm talking about right there, uh, just in case. We'll also go 1% on Kyle Allen in case they come out of the bye and they don't want to go with Taylor Heineke. And David Blau as well if they come out of the bye and they don't want to go with Jared Goff. Remember, in two quarterback leagues, that's what we're looking at there. Uh, Every quarterback has value. Every starting quarterback, that is, has value in a two-quarterback league. All right, who are we cutting this week? I have a pretty lengthy list. Jameis Winston. Moving on from him, obviously, season ender. Sam Darnold I, just isn't working regardless of his his uh, status, so we're going to move on from him. Uh, we will move on from Derrick Henry unless we have an IR spot and we feel like we're going to make it deep into the playoffs. Otherwise, if you don't have an IR spot, it's tough to carry him on your bench if you're in a short bench league. Jamal Williams, I, I just don't see it happening for Jamal Williams. If you are in a short bench league, you could move on from him. LaVisca Chenault, he's the fourth target in the pecking order right now in Jacksonville. No no value there. Tim Patrick, his value predictably declined with Jerry Judy back on the field. Khalif Raymond had zero fantasy points last week, uh, and he's heading into buy. Moali Cox, Robert Tunyon. Well, Moali Cox, he's just one of these you know carousel tight ends. Robert Tunyon, season-ending injury, which sucks. Guys who I am holding on to, Ryan Tannehill. I'm going to wait and see what happens here. He's riffing with A.J. Brown. So we'll wait and see there. Kenny Gainwell, don't overreact to last week. Alex Collins, he's still the best until Chris Carson comes back. Odell Beckham Jr., you can cut him if you want, but I just don't see many guys. You know, if you said uh, I could add Kadarius Toney, I would do that. You said Devontae Parker, I probably would do that. Jamison Crowder, I probably wouldn't, to be honest with you. Um, so I'm just hanging on to him. Calvin Ridley, I'm going to hang on to and just see what happens here in the next week. I think we'll, I hope we'll get somewhat of an indication if this is going to be, you know, extended, Uh, but we'll see. Rondale Moore, I'm holding on to because, well, injuries can happen as we see with DeAndre Hopkins. We know the massive upside is there as well. Devontae Smith, last week was a weird game. Noah Fant, holding on to and see, I want to see two games with him and Judy on the field. 
All right, defenses I am holding this week. The Bills versus the Jags, easy one there. The Rams versus the Titans. Going to pick on the Titans without, uh, you know, without Derrick Henry. And, oh, by the way, Von Miller joins the Rams. So uh, that's fun right there. The Cardinals versus the 49ers. Going to continue to pick on Jimmy G. And the Steelers versus the Bears. Again, we'll pick on rookie quarterbacks there uh, with Justin Fields. Defenses that are possibly out there. It was interesting in going through, because again, I use that 70% as the threshold. These all all these all three of these defenses are under 60% rostered. Dallas versus Denver, that is proving to be a pretty good matchup. And Dallas obviously has some upside. New England versus Carolina. If it's Darnold, if it's Walker, I don't really care. I'm going after them in New Orleans versus the Falcons. They may not be out there. If they aren't out there, here are the other two that are widely available. The Colts facing the Jets. Pretty easy one there. I don't buy in on Mike White. Uh, and then the Panthers facing the Patriots, trying to pick on a rookie quarterback yet again with a pretty good defense. So there you go. Uh, if you have any Buffalo Rams, Cardinals, Steelers available, I go after them first. If not, I go after Cowboys, Patriots, Saints. And then if not, I go after Colts, Panthers. Remember, the objective is to just score a touchdown, so it really doesn't matter. Ultimately, don't overthink defense. Don't create too many decisions for yourself in fantasy football. More decisions means a greater chance of making a bad decision in fantasy. All right, that does it for today. I will be back tomorrow, break down some rankings for you here in week nine. Making that turn, man. Making that turn. Playoffs are coming. It's November, baby. It's hitting weather outside. All right, I'll catch you on the flip side for another edition of the pod. I'm Jeff Ratcliffe, and I'm out.